Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review, the film review show presented by dads who are bad in various ways. We are reviewing the movies we missed during the baby raising years and the often awful kids TV that we now have to suffer through. Where it's Monday, but it's whatever time it is where and whatever day it mm. is when you're listening to this, really. 10 2020. 10-10-2020, yeah. Yeah, you you're quite you know, pleased about that, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, like I like it when the numbers kind of ring to you like that. You know, that is not going to happen probably for a long time now, is it? <laughs> Nineteen minutes time, it'll be twenty twenty o'clock. Twenty 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 twenty. That's pretty good. Wow, that's, that's the number I'm, of the beast, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I haven't prepped an intro this week because oh. we're recording a day earlier, yeah. so I'm just bringing that on you now. Oh. It's Reeks here. I'm joined by. The usual quadrilogy, Sidey. Hello. Dan. Yo. And that fucking massive twat, Howie. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cured. You're cured. My DNA is the immune system that we all need. Did it make its way to Washington, D.C. Yeah. then? I did a drive-by. When you were 15, maybe, you could have fired it as far as... Oh. Um, <laughs> well, we were talking about that, yeah. <laughs> Can't quite manage it. But yeah, um, what I did was I put on some uh, extra blusher. Yeah. Did a little cavalcade, got got a film out on the internet, told everybody that in case they didn't realise that I am the living saviour and embodiment of the cure that will purge this country of all illnesses. Yeah. And then I nearly shit myself in uh, the co-op. So <laughs> kind of swings and roundabouts in the life of me, really. Yeah. It's a, on the, the Corona coaster. Oh, look at you. And you didn't write that. Or prep it. You no, just came I, I out with that. I stole it off someone on the oh, radio the other day, actually. Uh, <laughs> Feedback from last week. Everyone's yeah. really impressed with the use of the term wank puffin. That's good. Well done. It's my favourite type of puffin. Well, they're so small as well, so yeah. that's how you like it. Yeah. They get a big grip. Makes, makes it look big, doesn't it? <laughs> Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> there will be some bad language and there will be some spoilers for the things that we are talking about this week, which are... We have the top five scientists in film. So... Yeah. That's going to be strong topic. Up. Strong topic this yeah, week. Yeah, that was the top of the show. We also did Anola Holmes. Yeah, did well, we? We watched well, no, it. Re- we, we didn't do <laughs> we, it. We watched it. We watched Anola. I Holmes. would. <laughs> and and then we had Backy as well, which was our kids with yes inverted yeah, commas yeah, uh, yeah. effort because it was it was an older kids. It was eighteen uh, year olds. A, yeah, a, a, <laughs> adult kids. <laughs> Well, sixteen, you know, it's teenagers. The kind of the kind of youth that would stove your head in or ask for <laughs> yeah. your wallet, that kind of yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that my, kind of my age. kids my kids wanted to watch that. Because mm. they were they were like, Oh, what is this? And I was like, Yeah, I think it looks like it could be quite cool, you know, a bit of street fire. <laughs> oh well, oh, well we'll no. wait till the Let's we'll, wait till yes, the wait. Yeah. Last yeah. week we spoke about wigs. Yes. And we had our top four. I don't know if we had any. No, but I had a uh, listening in. I, I'm still not convinced that uh, McCracken uh, is it Ernie McCracken. Ernie McCracken. That that was all. I thought it was just a comb over. No, we saw the the interview c- confirmation, didn't we? Yeah. Did you not see? It? I tweeted you. Yeah, yeah, I did. But I'm, I, I think it's a lie. Fake news. It's fake news. Fake news. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, actually, I'm doing I, my own it, it probably was a comb over, but not his actual. Yes, own that's comb it. Over. That's, that's exactly it. So yeah. that's why I was like, because mm. does Woody Allison <laughs> in the film? Alson, that's his new name. Woody Alson. Woody Alson. Yeah. Woody Alson. He also has one. Yes. Yeah. 
I think that's the genius of it, actually, mm. that it's a comb-over wig. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. a, it's the kind it's of so wig that horrible. nobody would have a... You'd have a wig for. Yeah. Yes. But they've made that into a wig. Yeah. It's just made it all the more... That, I, I once I heard you guys say that, I, I re- remembered that film, Kingpin. It's so funny. Yeah. I, I milked your cows. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any cows. We have a bull. And he's just got buckets of cheers. <laughs> <laughs> And the woman. Yeah. Beautiful. That's uh, Lynn Shale, I think her name is. She's big in the, like, Conjuring universe, which seems... That always, like, takes me out of them, because she's, like, in all the Conjuring films. You see, no, it's probably not, because you're absolute pussies about horror, but James Wan's Conjuring... So you're talking about Conjuring. I'm thinking... Are you, are you thinking magic? Paul, yeah, Debbie, Debbie I thinking. My mind went to <laughs> magic fucking, circle, yeah. but then I realised... Con- no, the like, Conjuring and Annabelle, the demented doll... These and, are the uh, these are the oh, like uh, B horror flicks. We avoid. Yeah. yeah, they're quite good. They're quite good. Mm. I reckon had a whole section of blockbuster when it was around, and you used to sort of walk into that bit on the left behind the till <laughs> that had like bits of popcorn. Yeah, and then there was the the, the VHS section for. Films for people that are pretty disturbed. Yeah. Oh, I'll have all of those. I'm looking at, I'm watching like Rush Hour 2 on the big screen and watching the trailer for fucking Mr. Nanny. You're there watching The Devil Touches Your Dick or something. I don't know. <laughs> as soon as you come through the door, I uh, step this way, sir. I've got something for your uh, entertainment. Entertainment. So we had the top five movie wigs. Um... Yeah, I'll have to confirm them later because to be honest with you, I haven't, like, like yourself, I haven't been able to get around to doing it. It's been very hectic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's... If you get angry about that... <laughs> <laughs> right, Nicolas Cage, Ghost Rider. Um, uh, my, uh, did, you did mention it. No, it's him. a good one, He actually. didn't get in. Also, John Travolta, Battlefield Earth. We yeah. spoke about it. Yeah. Actually, we did have Battlefield Earth from Breachy Rocket. No, oh, okay. John Travolta from Breachy Rocket on Twitter. Yeah. She did actually let us know about that one, so maybe we'll put that in. Okay, cool. Cool. Top five scientists in movies. Yeah, I've got a liberal sprinkling of TV scientists. Yes, thank well. you, thank you. Well, I didn't go to the dark side because I felt well, there I was always enough do. within yeah. the, well, yeah, the there's realms. Some, there's of some crackers on on telly. movies. This is a topic that lends itself to top fives, doesn't it? Because yeah. there are. Yeah, I haven't just them. gone for like particle physicists or anything like that. I've opened it up to the the, the full scientific spectrum. Okay. I have, I've got a few that, yeah, they're, they're doctors, yeah. but they're in science or something. Yeah. Or, Why don't you lead the way, Dan? Well, okay then, I, I think I shall. I'm going to put out the one that I think is going to make our top five list. I just want to get it out there. It's Emmett Brown. Yeah. Back to the Future. Not only the top five, Chris- I'd say Christopher in, in Lloyd. Top one. Possibly number one. He is our favourite friendly mad scientist and obviously he was in the the full complement of back to the future films and he was brilliant in them all career defining role yeah it was it was it's impossible not to think of this topic without thinking about he's the first he's the first one came to my mind and i i if we're talking about how good a scientist he was i don't think in terms of science he got enough credit for back to the future three he fucking made a train time machine yeah. in the 18th century. It's, it's I think just making a time machine is, yeah. is pretty badass. Yeah, but in terms of the tier of how good he was, yeah. number three, although not the greatest, though it is the most family friendly because it doesn't feature him banging his mum, yeah. which obviously we've talked Wasn't about. his mum at the time. <laughs> 
And also, there is the subject in the first one where he's done something. Is he nicked the uranium off the plutonium Libyans. from the Libyans? Libyans, yes, yeah. Libyans. And he gave them um, a, like a bomb casing full of dodgy pinball parts. Yeah, they probably have some sort of warning nowadays saying it was, you know, stereotyping Libyans as terrorists. Mm. Mm. Or they're probably like dubbed over and gone, damn those. Insert foreigners, foreigners, yeah, <laughs> xenophobic phrase of the week. He could always turn back time and go and sort all that out, I guess. But he, I, I, I do like that point that you know, given the tools that he would have had in the uh, wild west, yes. he was still able to make a time machine. He MacGyvered one, yeah, out of all uh-huh. the stuff available the to him, the 18 whatever. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine the time he tested that train because it flies? Right, everyone, stand back. I've got a 16 ton train that we're going to try and levitate, right? Well, but he took it to the future though, didn't he? That's where he got the, he'd already been to the future and then he came back to. Dawning realisation, I hadn't got that. Yeah, no, I think he even explicitly said It's quite a complex film, isn't it? (laughs) I just remember the bit at the end where I know that. The bit at the end where. The kid pointing uh, at his dick. Yeah, where Jules is pointing at his dick. Yeah, Jules is pointing at Vern. It's a secret sign for you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My least favourite of that trilogy. But. Yeah, it is. But he's great. I, my daughter watched Dennis the Menace this week. Have you ever oh, seen that? It's painful. But shit, a little blonde he's American in it. Kid. He's in it. And so is Leah Thompson. All right. Yeah, not quite as good a uh, performance as Back to the Future. It's hard to believe, but it's true. So they rejoined up in in Dennis. I bet they just wish they could have Fucking gone back awful. to... Was he... Was yeah. the... Um, sorry, what was the name of the actor? My brain's faded. Fermit Brown. Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. He was in Roger Rabbit, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. He was the bad guy. Yeah, he was rad in that as well. Yeah. I do have one Penis. major problem. Yeah, I'm not a shark, am I? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I have one major problem, and that is that the invention, the flux capacitor, I'm just calling bullshit on it straight away because a capacitor is a circuit component that maintains a voltage through a charge differential and flux is the integral of a vector field over a surface and there's just no possible way that you can reconcile those two concepts. Is that, is that bloke I'm going to put us another one-star podcast? <laughs> Please po- do, right Possibly, in. but are, are you trying to out-dock the dock? I yeah, mean, but that was the breakthrough. See, you're yeah. saying you can't, but that was his breakthrough. Yeah. Which but admittedly, not, he came, through, came to the simple minds. Yeah, to the open. simple minds, it might not you know, be able to compete, it is. but Doc has, yeah. has managed to crack You're limited that by your constraints, whereas he was able to break through them. Yeah. When he, when in the toilet dropped Yeah, he smashed head. his head open on the toilet. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a strong one. Anyway, I'm going to go now, go straight for TV. Okay. I'm going for Walter White. Okay. Slash yeah. Heisenberg from Breaking uh, Bad. Yeah. The chemistry teacher turned drug lord kingpin. Yes. I've oh. never heard of this. Is it any good? It's all right. I've never watched <laughs> it. Breaky, you've, you've seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of it. I've only seen half the first episode, then I fell asleep. But I'm not going to wow. lie to you. The first series is quite slow. But I know it's worth and persevering. It, it, I just else. didn't have you've 60 got to, hours. Oh, you've got it. to. I watched a two-hour film that kind of summarised No, that all. one's no good. El Camino. No, there was a film that summarised the whole of Breaking Bad and it just took... I feel um, like you've massively ruined yeah, like, one of I the best felt, TV series I, of all time. I've probably <laughs> saved myself no, know, it's so the good. equivalent of two, Wikipedia two or three it. days of my life. No, that. it's amazing. And also, it it's, it's so good as well because you've got Brian Cranston, who you, you know from Marshall, Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, great. And it playing against type and it goes from this sort of humdrum, down on his luck, chemistry teacher to a complete badass and the performance is unbelievable it, it's so good he's, it is good he's got lung cancer and he's kind of he's dying yeah and he thinks I'll yes. make a bit of money yeah. quickly for the family 
yeah, it starts out that way. No, I, I haven't met anybody that's watched it who said that it wasn't good. After yeah, it is really 60 good. Hours watching it. It's definitely yeah. worth watching. Yeah, they yeah. all liked it. I have got the man with two brains, Doctor Michael Huffa. <laughs> uh, it's pronounced exactly how it's spelled. Uh, he is. Have you guys seen this movie, yeah. Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Yeah. Steve Martin yeah. So he plays the brilliant but arrogant neurosurgeon, newly married to monstrous gold digging Kathleen Turner, Dolores. She's cheating on him with everyone that you can think of. He falls in love with a brain that he can communicate with telepathically, called Anne. And then through a series of events involving a rival doctor, he decides to transplant the brain into Dolores's body. It's a really funny film, so it's back when Steve Martin was actually funny. I was about to make a comment about that. Yeah. Do you um, think he's funny anymore? No, although he does every now and then have a couple of zingers on Twitter, I've noticed. Yeah, but he has he, some absolute stinkers. He does this weird pay-per-view acting class on Apple where you can learn to be a comic. And if you watch it, it's on Alan Partridge. It's oh. proper... Oh. Stop, he stop, hasn't stop. been consistently funny for quite yeah. a long time but this is a great film um just one of one standout scene is when he has to do a field sobriety test for the austrian police do you guys remember that and it involves him doing like handstands and cartwheels and juggling and all sorts of stuff it's really really funny he's movie. always been very hit and miss to me but when he has hit he had a purple patch didn't he yeah he was on an absolute streak really i mean it was bordering on genius a lot of the stuff and there was a whole kind of I don't really like his stand-up either, people. though. I've never seen his Again, it's yeah. just kind of hit and miss for me. So, sometimes I will, you know, look at it and just shake my head and think that's not really it. And then it will just hit on something, yeah. a topic, be observational, and it will be really, really good, really interesting, really funny. Have you ever seen him pluck the one-string banjo? Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> He's an incredible, uh, incredible parenthood. musician. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. He, di- he did that. Um, He's more into that and his art collecting now than he is. Yeah. I think he does... He'll, he'll, basically churn something out to get a bit of money to, to extend his art collection. I listened to an audio book on his life and his how he started out and everything. And a fantastic story. And he started out with lots of people we know now, like Bill Murray and, and all this crew that yeah. had come through. You know Saturday Bill Murray? <laughs> I know him well. <laughs> no, it, you know, they, they would be doing all this together and they came through this this group of very talented comedians. Was he a Saturday Night Live? Saturday Night Live guy. And they did a lot of the shows, just trawling the shows and and going on small concerts and things to to build their act, really, and practice their act and perfect it. And his, you're right, as a musician, he's... It's incredible. Have you ever seen him? No. Oh, I've put you on some YouTube stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's top stuff. I've gone for, gone to TV... I've gone for Dr. Alfonso Mefesto, who's the eccentric geneticist from South Park, the genetic engineering ranch. He's the leader of NAMBLA, which is the North American Marlon Brando Lookalike Association. Not oh, to be confused not- with NAMBLA, the North American Manboy Love Association. <laughs> yes. He's, he's basically Marlon Brando. It's based on his entire sketch is that he develops animals with four to five asses. So we've got... <laughs> We've got the five-assed monkey, the four-assed ostrich, the four-assed mongoose, the seven-assed, we went a bit off there, Galapagos tortoise. It's basically Dr. Moreau, the island Dr. Moreau. Yeah. He had a son. He tried. He, had, he wanted a son. He first of all tried to, this is where South Park goes out. He, tried, he cloned Muhammad to try and get that working. That didn't work. So basically his son, Kevin, who came out, is an attempt to create the perfect child. And it's a mixture of Michael Jackson's sperm uh, at the time, it was a female singer's egg, and he grew the child in the womb of a llama. 
Right. And that's the child Kevin that appears occasionally in the in the episodes. And how many asses does Kevin have? Just one. Just, just one. a normal child. But yeah, so it's that's Dr. Alfonso Mefesto. Right. Yeah. So it's, I felt he was quite valid. Yeah, oh but, yeah, for sure. But more on the mad scientist than conventional. It's it was, quite hard not to go down a full mad scientist path all the time with this, isn't it? Yes. Mm. It, it it is there's there's lots of them and i've got so many here i might have to go um do two or three at a time after yeah, yeah. this but i'm gonna have one in the field of archaeology oh yeah and you'll probably know who i'm i'm getting at it's indy indiana yeah. jones oh, yeah, obviously he's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a scientist in that field and Although he doesn't often get out the old science coat and everything, it has been known in the films where he's... We do occasionally see him in the classroom, yeah. Yeah, and all the girls are fawning over him. Wouldn't you, though? So there we go. Indy, I'll pass on. I've got Dr. Henry Jekyll. Mm. The only problem with this is... Which version? Well, I was going to say, the only film I think I've seen him in is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, there is another one where Russell Crowe plays him. Yeah, the mummy. Is that the mummy? Is the the one with Tom Cruise? That's a bit... See, there's various actors that have played uh, Jekyll and Hyde, but I haven't really ever had any that stand out to me. I think this is a a potential role for somebody who's going to take this. Well, I think that's what they were obviously going to try and do, I guess, with the mummy. Yes. But it was such a car crash. The, 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 buried of, it. the League of Gentlemen one is the English actor who's in Snatch yeah, yeah. Lock Stock. Which are, no, Lock, yeah, he's in both. Yeah, yeah. Ginger Fella, yeah. Mm. It's good. Oh, it's I good. actually don't hate that film as no. much as I think you were supposed to because <laughs> it got a fucking right kicking when it came out. Yeah. It's not a great film, I have to say. It's not even a good no, film. No, there's some horrendous green screens but on the I Nautilus. Still, oh you know, God. it's just one of those films I still got a bit of a soft spot for it. I did quite like it. Yeah, well, because it's a group of like... It's fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, crazy people. Watch it. Yeah. I think so far, I've also read the books and obviously they kick it into yeah. a oh, they, I thought there was supposed to be a stream of the films afterwards. There's a poor box office probably just it, killed yeah. it dead. Yeah. Yeah. Detached and a pure academic, Ghostbusters has Egon Spengler. Now, you could have really picked any of the main yeah. three Ghostbusters yeah. out of this, but I've picked Egon for the, you know, he collects spores, molds, and fungus for a start, which just makes it really cool. Um, he enjoys discharging his proton pack Don't at maids and, yeah. and notably in, in the bar in the lounge of a swanky hotel. He's a love interest to Janine yes. in the first movie and then to his students at Columbia University in Ghostbusters 2. His genius intellect apparently didn't extend to committing to a homemade trepanning using a drill, as, as we're informed in the first Ghostbusters. Again, he is, he's not a mad scientist per se, but he's got eccentric. the look he's and eccentric. he's eccentric. Yeah, he's an eccentric he wears lab coats with pens in the pockets. Lots of pens. I was hoping for an impersonation of uh, Janine. Ghostbusters! <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm going to go. Now, this one I'm not sure. I think he's a doctor, and I think he's a scientist. It's John Hammond of Jurassic Park, the most, like, fuddy-dud... So that's Dave Richard Attenborough. So Richard Attenborough, Jurassic Park. I don't know that he was. Now, was, now this is the thing, because the other scientist was Dr. Wu. I yeah, think. it's the yeah. Chinese-American. Yeah. And uh, Henry, um, Henry Wu. Chinaman. And Laura Dern played Dr. Yes. Ellie Sattler. Yes. Yeah, so they were all... Vet, like, and. Jeff Goldblum was technically a, 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 he was a mathematician, mathematician yeah. so he's a yeah. scientist in a way. But I went for John Hammond because he was just fucking so deluded. Even though the children had been ripped out of that bloody car and the people were dead, he was still thinking, how can I keep this park open? Yeah. What possible yeah. health and safety could I, could I ensure so happened? Endangering those kids was not a bad thing. Well, yeah. 
the whinging from yeah. the, oh but there is i think the dr sattler character is a better scientist in this principally because she almost misses the breathtaking reveal in the first jurassic park because she's like elbow deep in shit, shit. isn't she yes. he so, has to pivot her head yeah. around, he? um but that sounds proper like a proper science. scientist yeah. to me proper yeah science. yeah have you ever heard of uh, Bunston Honeydew? Yes. I have. Yeah. Inventor of the and, edible and paperclip. Beaker yes. as well. I always I really had a... think of these guys. Yeah, I always had a real soft spot for Beaker and Bunston Honeydew on the Muppets. Yeah. And, and used to like their little segment when they came on. They were never really around long enough, but... <laughs> Be- Beaker was just fantastic. Yeah, Bun- just Bunsen a, invented, a funny, a funny invented the edible paperclip, the all-purpose tenderizer, and the ability to turn gold into cottage cheese. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> what a hero. What a hero, yeah. I hate cottage cheese. Oh, I've, I did too. It's the, so, only, the only cheese guaranteed to please. If you put pineapple in it, it's even better. Oh, my <laughs> God, what is wrong with you? It is awesome. No. I hate cottage cheese, but with pineapple, another world. I love, dream. I love the fact that it would turn gold into that. Yeah. <laughs> He so, wasn't a. They, neither they weren't a fantastically successful scientific no. duo, were they? Well, well they didn't get the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 some achievement to to turn gold into cheese. True. into yeah. cheese, but the alchemy involved. It's, in that. Yeah, it's just not particularly useful. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> Depends. Case, so- how hungry you yeah, are, exactly. I guess, isn't it? You can't eat gold. He's right. There's still so many heavyweights left. I'm going to go for Seth Brundle. Yeah, aka Brundlefly Fly. of mm. the Fly Flame. Oh, do you know what? I still struggle to watch that with the fingernails. It's oh, fuck I think it's hell. the first real gross-out yeah. body horror film that I saw. Yeah, do you know what I was going to say? Yeah. I think very affecting. Yeah, so many people underage watch the Fly. Yeah, it was the one that was getting talked about a lot at school, so you kind of were able to seek it yeah. out and see it, and it was like, oh man, not not a scary. Just jump just film just but it's the real oh my god it was gross out so many yeah, the, yeah the transformation like you say with the fingernails the teeth coming out oh. the the arm break into the arm the wrestle race, yeah snap someone's arm have you watched the simpsons version the maggot baby the maggot oh, baby yes, yes, oh. Yeah. oh yeah no that was bad that right the end wasn't it it's like but cronenberg had a habit of having sort of crazy science in yeah. his movies like dead ringers scanners the brood rabid shivers which the guy dr roger dr roger saint luke turns into a rape zombie <laughs> which apparently is a real thing in the world of shivers oh my god mm. but i'll just to say the simpsons the fly episode if you get a chance please watch is it a treehouse a horror one i think it is, it's where bart yeah, it goes in yeah. with the fly and he yeah. goes tiny and the fly comes out the size of bart yeah, yeah. with a with bart's body yeah very good eat your sugar boy yeah that's <laughs> the one <laughs> A quick one, Mystery Men, which is Dr. Heller. And I mostly mention it because I think this film is quite a lot funnier than everybody else seems to suggest. And also the Doctor is played by Tom Waits. He only makes non-lethal weapons. Everybody seems dismissive of that until he shows them. He's got canned tornadoes and a a thing called the Blame Thrower, which is pretty good. He also frequents retirement homes to pick up chicks. Um, (laughs) Personal hero. But the one I was going to go for uh, is Dr. Strangelove. Peter Sellers, it features an automatic doomsday device that will fire if Russia is hit with a bomb. And the movie revolves around stopping that bomb. Spoiler alert, they don't. 
it, it, the character is interesting because he's based on real life Nazi scientists that relocated to the United States after World War Two during Operation yeah. Paperclip. <laughs> that well, yeah. So Dan's just given a Nazi salute, which I'm assuming was <laughs> so it's a nervous tick in, it's in relation to the movie. A, it's just a nervous tick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, that was improvised by Sellers during filming, which I never realised nice. until today. Which is amazing. It's right. really funny. I love that movie for so many reasons. He's a great scientist in it. Couldn't go past yeah, for that mention. It's a strong it. choice. I'm going to an 80s classic, and this was, uh, I did a little poll around work and asked for ideas, and a lot of people came up with the two boys from Weird Science who create Kelly LeBrock. Mm. Not Kelly Brooker, that would have been amazing. Kelly LeBrock. Still pretty Lisa. amazing. So I think that's, that's the, so it's the John Hughes teenage dream film. Where was two, it John Hughes? So John Hughes, Weird was Science. It? Two. Wyatt and Gary, yes. I think their names are. I love that movie. Two two nerds. Never seen it. Lusting. Oh my God. Two nerds lusting on a couple of cheerleaders. And they get basically beaten up by the by the, the, the jocks, if you like. So they go home and they connect up their computer. There's a government. They hack into the government computer. And there's a power surge. And they use a Barbie doll to put in between all the power surge currents and everything. And Kelly LeBrock pops out. And she basically spends the entire thing trying to make them more cool cool and, and independent and less worried about themselves. Mm. Again, another 80s film that you think, oh, that's a, I think it's like a 12 certificate, but it's clearly a god. It's be got bit, boobs in it's it. It's got boobs swearing, swearing and stuff. All sorts of stuff. So it's not one yet to that's show good. the kids, but it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's got good. Bill Pullman in it. Oh, yes, the brother. Amaz- no, Bill Paxton. Paxton. Bill Paxton. He's, the- he's brilliant as Chet, yeah. the asshole. They're both dead. I didn't realise either of them were no, dead. No, he's dead. <laughs> Pullman is... Paxton's dead. He's the one in Twister. He's dead. The one that was in Twister, that's Paxton, isn't it? Yeah. And in Aliens. Yeah. Yes, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, Pullman's the one from Independence oh. Day as the president. He's alive. Oh, yeah, that's right. This I is a saying. cracking uh, game for you all on there. Uh, who's dead? Who's alive? <laughs> it's like Could actually Army. be next week's... Uh... <laughs> Next week's feature, <laughs> Who's Dead, Who's Alive? <laughs> yeah, actors that are now dead. Top five dead yeah, we'll, we'll run an Oscars obituary. Well, I, I've got a few, and I'm I'm going to do a couple at once here. One is Anne Hathaway in Interstellar. Who's, yeah. You've not seen Interstellar? No, I know, it's criminal. Yeah, me. Does I get quite emotional about that film. Okay. Um, and the other one is Dana Scully. Yeah, yeah, our, good our man. Files yeah, and anybody FBI. that, yeah, anybody that <laughs> is, I don't know, over the age of about thirty, probably has seen the X Files, yeah. and may have watched a lot of them. And she All was, of them. yeah, she and uh, what was her name? Gillian um, Anderson. Anderson and. David yeah, Duchovny. Mulder and Scully and yeah. David Duchovny. Yeah. They, they were just huge at the time, weren't they? X-Files. So, yeah. And it was she one was... of those parts of science, actually, that really interested me at the time. Yeah, and still does now. The paranormal, the UFOs, you know, unidentified flying objects. Well, her, and... her character sort of generates a lot of tension because obviously Mulder's a true believer. Yeah. I want to believe and all that. But where she's more science-based, needs evidence. And that that's where the, the sort of, they've got the attraction, but then they've got the, the fundamental yeah, disagreement. The reality the in this yeah, but by the 400th time they'd seen an invisible melting monster. She was beginning aliens. to weaken. Was she, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, she, well, gets, no, she was very she, about her face, She would explain she? it away, wouldn't she? Or she would look for explanations. She but, was um, super, super hot. Yeah. She yeah. was wearing a wig as well. She didn't crop up oh. last year, but that was a wig. 
She's had a bit of a rena- renaissance recently. Yeah. She was in Nepal. Sex Education in and Nepal. Nepal. Yeah. And she's very good. So about, I think it's just before Kids, that's one of the Sky channels had X-Files. I think it was like Dave or something. At five o'clock, they had uh, X-Files on from episode one all the way through to episode 130 something. <laughs> and it was on every day. And I just went to series link and it became staple for me and my wife. Have, have a dinner, watch the X-Files. And it was genuinely Did you brilliant. see it when it came back after all those years? I didn't watch the new series. I did. Is it new? Yeah. Uh, that's a shame. But I didn't watch any of the ones when it was Robert Patrick, not Duchovny. Okay. Because it just felt wrong. Felt like cheating on it, Duchovny. It, it goes really weird at the end. It's bloody thingy from Neighbours who's the head alien. Jason Donnelly. Bouncer. No. <laughs> Joe Mangle. Madge Bishop. <laughs> G'day, mate. <laughs> Flaming Galar. There's Bouncer and then, then the UK one. There's Wellard, if you remember. Yeah. EastEnders dog. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it was really watchable when it was condensed one after the other after the other and you didn't realise how many bloody episodes. But yeah, she was the proverbial denier and after a while you start thinking, fucking hell, are you stupid? Are you really stupid? Just fucking listen to him. Uh, and then she gets all abducted and has a kid and all sorts of shit. And it gets all... It, I think they started to run out of storyline. Well, you should definitely check out Interstellar before too long. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is one of the ones that's like prime for this because it's one of the ones I missed because yeah, just busy fucking raising and, kids. And shit. I'm I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So Anne Hathaway plays chief scientist who's looking into a wormhole. Yeah, you know, and how that works. And it, it's I've heard a lot about it. I've been meaning to get onto it, but just I'd watch it again. I think I've yet. seen it twice. Yeah. I love the sound. I'll shove the uh, soundtrack on because I'm super sad. Mm, no, the soundtrack's great. Yeah, Hans mm. Zimmer. Yeah, frame. Who's got the keys to my boom? <laughs> How about Dr. Bruce Banner? Yeah, which one? All of them? Well, I was going for Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't like Ed Norton's one. I didn't mind at the time, but now it's really shit. Yeah, it's really dated. Yeah. I mostly think about the, is it Bill Bixby? The TV version when I think of Bruce Banner, just because it was so Bill sad. Bill Bixby? Yeah, so the was original. Wasn't it Lou, what, Lou Ferrini? No, he, he was the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Bixby the played one. the, the was actual. Slimmed. He was, And it was like, it was sort of like the ending of The Littlest Hobo. Oh, but do you know what I was going to say that? <laughs> Genuinely going to say that. Wasn't it? It was like. Oh, fuck. There's somewhere else na, 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 where na, na, I'm going to be. People know I'm the Hulk and I'm fucked wherever I'll stay. And it's just. <laughs> but it was really sad. It yeah. was really sad. He never. Well, he is supposed to be a kind of tragic sort of character, isn't he? But yeah. I remember Lou Ferrino as, as kind of the Hulk and, yeah. and Banner in that. I think the the most recent one is where they, they have nailed it. It looks correct mm. in terms of comic book um, adaptation. Yes. The Hulk has always been the fucking best strongest hardest of all the comic book characters he would defeat them all and they finally fucking got it to look correct on screen and i know pete who will be listening in will agree that it's a fucking great character <laughs> you love it yeah you love it pete couple for me wayne slinski from honey i shrunk the kids played by the recently sucker punched rick moranis yeah, what's that all about? that's fucking terrible yeah it's fucked up especially as rick moranis just seems like one of life's really nice well, you know guys. He, he stopped acting so yeah to look after his wife yeah, yeah. And all that shit yeah 
Splice, which is a movie I've spoken about before, definitely need to mention because the scientific lead becomes gradually more obsessed with his creation to the point of throwing ethical considerations out the window and having sex with it. But the one I'm going to submit is Dr. Logan from George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. And it's a good one because thematically he's important. His obsessive pursuit of understanding the undead doubles as a scathing critique on the pursuit of scientific knowledge without practical application and it's more than once indicated in the movie that his focus is on satisfying his own curiosity rather than accomplishing anything productive which gives this that gives the movie a sort of vaguely anti-progressive or anti-scientific theme so play yeah he's just an interesting character in the context of that movie I'm going for a significant female role in a film that perhaps didn't do quite so well for what I, I actually really enjoyed it. It's Jodie Foster in Contact as. Um, I love that film. Yeah, yeah, I love that film. And it, yeah. it didn't really hit the, the mark in the box office. The role itself is a very strong female lead in a, in a field of science where traditionally women do struggle. Uh, the old glass ceiling does really work there. Men have traditionally taken the credit for a lot of achievements, and I know that's been addressed recently in certain things, like with the NASA film about the mathematicians, the women. Hidden figures, figures. I liked yeah. that movie. Yeah. Apparently, not a lot of it is really based on anything true, but okay. I did really like the movie. The senior um, programmer for NASA was a female who worked for. IBM. I think it was like a hodgepodge yeah. of ideas, but it, I I watched that movie and I really enjoyed it actually. But the Jodie Forster, Jodie Forster, the Jodie Forster character, she's a neat little lady. She ain't going a plane. She fly up. She go on a rocket. She hit the moon. Then there's alien. They say fuck no. That effectively is the entire plot of Contact. But she, it, the, I, the evidence eludes her, and, and she feels awful and condescended. And I think, in hindsight, it's easy to see why it missed the mark at the box office because there's no real action, yeah. per se, to draw a, a big audience. But I think that's part of the reason why I liked it so much. Mm. It You're was, liking Estella then? Yeah. Well, it's just a totally different take on that sort of first contact story, I suppose. Yes. And it's more apt for today because it's a science-based thing rather than action and drama. And, yeah. I mean, there was dramatic elements to it. I explosion. put it in with something like Arrival. Dennis yeah. Villeneuve's yeah, yeah. Denis Villeneuve's? It's Denis, yeah. Denis. And that's also got a really good female... Yeah. scientist and it played by amy adams yeah. and i really like that movie as well okay a few more female scientists we've got Renny russo in outbreak she plays bobby robbie keo um in the center of played for spurs is it yeah that's it plays right <laughs> up front in middle just holds shields in front so that was in outbreak there was also sandra bullock in gravity she was uh, one of the, yeah, um, I've not astronauts. watched that yet. I've heard it's, it's really good. Yeah, it's really amazing good. to watch in the um, cinema. That yeah, movie. that's what I've heard on the IMAX. IMAX. We're not going to not going there for a while. Yeah. There, there's a yeah. film out at the moment called Radioactive. Have you heard seen it? It's Marie Curie, the huh? and her life and uh, around this. I she so was dead. And Ro- Rosamund Pike. <laughs> I think how tragically she is. But Rosemary died Pike of radiation is, is poisoning. Bring, yeah. yeah. I thought is, she had the top of the yogurt that she grew cress on to yeah. get. That as well. Is that, well, yeah. well But <laughs> what, while, I, while I've still got the mic, I'm going to put Alec Guinness as Sidney Stratton in The Man in the White Suit. Have you ever seen no. that film? No. Oh, so he's fantastic. I don't know if you've ever watched any early Alec Guinness stuff. So he's done. Kind Hearts and Corridors. Yeah, I did loads of Ealing which, stuff. Which yeah. is, so load it. Yeah. This is an Ealing one oh, okay. as well. And basically he's invented this fabric that repels any any water, anything. It's absolutely fantastic. So there's 
all the story about how this is okay. going to come out. But it's, it's a really good film as well. All right, cool. I've got a few left, but I think I'm going to just name and shame them because we're going on forever and ever. And they're all very similar. So Dr. Evil and Hannibal Lecter, two peas in the pod, really. Much of a light. Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about Science of the Lambs at length, and he is an incredible character, but probably not as famous for his scientific discoveries, to be honest. Probably. Um, astronomy. And also uh, Mr. Spock. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I had him. Yeah. Live long and prosper. But I think I've got stronger contenders than those three, so I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. I had one more, two more. Gremlins 2, the new batch had Dr. Cushing Catheter, played by Christopher Lee. Um, he Interestingly, he subverts the mad scientist trope because he rejects his experiments as being immoral, but by this time he's created a bat gremlin, a, ba- a brain gremlin, and an electric gremlin. Have you um, ever had a catheter? Yeah, when yeah. I had my gallbladder out. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck>. Sounds it. <laughs> Dr. Herbert West in Stuart Gordon's 1985 Reanimator. There's obviously a lot of these guys in horror movies. And then one I couldn't pass up was the big bad Duran Durand in Barbarella, played by Milo O'Shea. He's a brilliant scientist who prefers using his intellect to make powerful weapons and creative torture and execution devices. He possibly has one of the best evil laughs of all time. I've had a wank to that film. (laughs) What, the opening bit with her in in the bubble? I can't remember, to be honest. It must just, have been. Yeah. It was in a haze at the that time. Bear I should in. have asked my dad to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you, or at what least you, take his hand away. <laughs> and use some sanitizer. <laughs> what do you call a hand job from Albert Einstein? <laughs> Stroke a genius. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, one more. Uh, if I was to say, now pay attention, 007. Q. Yeah. Does he count? He's a scientist, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, so. about chemicals yeah. and yeah, shit like yeah. that. Making things. My last one is the most ridiculous. I, I, I even more ridiculous than Alfonso Mefesto. And this is Dr. Anne Lawrence in Detective Pikachu because it's played by fucking Rita Ora. Oh, okay. And at no point oh. does she come across to me as scientist. Oh, well we should have had Dr. Christmas Jones as well. I oh, that. yeah. They're nominated already. The other one I can't remember. separate yeah. Wait, yeah, okay. The only one. No, uh, somebody's nominated her for top five scientists. Oh, okay, right, fine, good. The only one, I, the only other one I can remember, and I can't remember the name, so I can't remember. So that's just tautology. Is in Fringe the Doctor that invents the ability to go between worlds? Yeah, he yeah. was Sherlock's dad in. Um, yes. Elementary. Yeah. Which can't is, remember his name. That series, I desperately want to watch again, but you can't. They don't seem to show it in any channels. It was on Sky. And you have to—you can only buy the box set on Amazon, and it's extortionate rates. But Fringe was one of our favourites. That very okay. good science on Boston, Boston Dynamics. That was it. That was the company. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to wrap up here as well. I've got a few. Tony Stark. Yeah. Good call. The Theory of Everything. Stephen Hawking story played by Eddie Redmayne mm. got an Oscar for that. I was looking actually on Twitter and. With scientists and movie, I don't know if you read any of the, the comments and things that are on there, but they made me laugh. Hello, I'm a female scientist in a movie. I look like a swimsuit model. I have a PhD in the exact subjects plaguing the world in this movie, and I will watch as a former athlete save the world. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was a load of these, like, um, hello, I'm a scientist in a movie. You need the cure to a strange disease in 24 a- hours. I just so happen to be the best in my field. Everything works the first time I do it. And my knowledge spans through three different fields. 
without extensive testing first, here's your cure. <laughs> so they, I mean, do you think they they'll do, do a COVID film? They do. Be like, oh, be definitely, they'll do a COVID yeah. film. It'll be like Charlie's. They Theron. basically already did in Contagion, didn't <laughs> yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Contagion had was it Sandra Bullock? No, no. Um, Sidey's favourite. Gwyneth Paltrow dies right at the start. As a Matt, Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon. Brilliant. Yeah. Professor Werner. Ringing any bells? Oh, hang on, hang on. Uh, Star Trek? No. No. Anyone? Twins. Oh, good man. <laughs> Do you know, I genuinely thought about that. I was thinking, what was it? Because he obviously gets six loads of jizz, yeah. throws it together. This is technical speak for anyone who's not familiar with IVF. Throws all the jizz together, then gets an egg, he whisks it, and then he gets a turkey baster and shoves it up that female athlete's crackpot. Isn't that, is that the exact that, term? I yeah. think, I think you're and right. then Arnie popped out, mm-hmm. and then DeVito like, fell out of her ass. That is exactly how the, the film happened. That's that's yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And do you know that they, instead of taking their usual salaries at the film, Schwarzenegger, DeVito, both agreed with the studio to take 20% of the film's box oh, office. Shrewd. Um, giving them the biggest ever paycheck of their careers. Oh. Wow. So that was that was clever of them. They both um, took 20 so they gave 40%. Well, I don't, the yeah, that, how to... I read it was that they're getting 20% each. So Fuck that was me. that took a, a huge um, chunk of their... Arnie loses his virginity in that film to yeah. Kelly Preston. Mm. And she flashes her ass at him and he basically pumps a load of... She's dead now, isn't she? Yep. And uh, Bill Paxton. The, the, <laughs> the, only, the, the only other one that I've got, apart from all those lots of B-movies from like the 50s and 60s, The Brain That Wouldn't Die, Man-Made Monster, The Mad Ghoul, The Body Snatchers, The Ape Man, all those mad scientist kind of films, was Gorillas in the Mist. Sigourney Weaver plays Diane Fossey. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one, because that's a good movie. Real yeah. life scientist. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. me. Are we all out? All right, then. Do you want to chuck your nomination for the top four, then, Dan? Okay. I am going to go with that last one that I said. It's Diane Fossey, Gorillas in the Mist. Because nice. the film was one that I remember watching with mum and dad when I was growing up. and Inspired it was, you. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really fantastic film about, you know, a true scientist in the field. And Wasn't there was- to slightly... Um, go off topic uh, some more conservation film uh, out this week yeah Richard uh, no from I... uh, from Durrell oh yeah the Mauritius there, yeah there has been a, yeah. a film it's just a short film uh, yeah. on how they've been saving reptiles off the off island Mauritian so everyone should check yeah. that out as well my nomination I am going to put in Dr. Brundle Seth Brundle from The Fly yeah, yeah. strong I'm going with Dr. Strangelove it's great shout love that movie I'll go for Emmett Brown then because he's got to be in it he's got to be in it okay strong there's plenty more there for people to choose from I'd say that's one of our strongest fours that we've ever had this week's main feature we watched a recently released Netflix feature Dan what what have we got we went for Enola Holmes we sure did which is something that I was really interested to watch because I love Sherlock really since I grew up I've always loved each and every incarnation of Sherlock in some way shape or form love the stories the mysteries and things to so to see 
this going off in a different direction obviously this hasn't been written into earlier sherlock's it's a it's a newer understanding and and character i guess well i, I, I didn't realize it's uh, there's like a spin-off series of books that's like a young adult springer yeah. Yeah. yeah is the author okay and he didn't have a sister in the, the original text no or Mycroft wasn't around either, was he? Mycroft was only mentioned. Not mentioned. He, he was wasn't mentioned. a character, was he? he, was, yeah. he, was, he was a- but it's predominantly Holmes and Watson. Yeah. 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 But this is based on the series of novels by Nancy Springer, a mystery adventure that doesn't focus on Sherlock, but his teenage sister, Enola, who's played by Millie Bobby Brown. And it's my prerogative. When and when the Helena Bonham Carter, which who's playing Mother Holmes, goes missing, Anola is tar- well tasked herself with finding Mum and sorting out the mystery. But yeah, she just basically ups and leaves on her sixteenth birthday. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cold. The scenes with her and Helena Bonham Carter were amongst the strongest scenes in the movie. I thought, and it's bookended. That yeah, way. I so thought they were they were really good. They get there's like a montage at the beginning where we see how she's being brought up as this sort of feral, but fer- well, I was going to say feminist as well. It's homeschooled. She's homeschooled and making us all look like idiots who did it during the pandemic. G- well, g- given that this is a set in Victorian age, so it's not like the the Sherlock's with Benedict Cumberbatch, which is mm. in the modern age with with phones and everything. This is very much goes back into like the Jeremy Brett kind of Sherlock which yeah. sets us back industrial by sort of revolution times yeah. And, yeah. yeah industrial um times so her being educated at home by a mum in this kind of eccentric way enlightened her to to new kind of teachings yeah. maybe more suited to Sherlock puzzles and code words and and different things but well, she teaches her jujitsu as well so which it's was like a- taught by to the suffragettes apparently yeah. back in the day you know it was so there was elements of truth within the the story of of kind of maybe more the more extreme teachings and goings on at the time but enola would have been in that area getting those extreme teachings and she would have been within that that scene basically she has to follow a string of clues that will lead her back to mother. But being that she's not old enough, Mycroft has to take her as yeah. his ward. And he's he's the hard-nosed he brother. He's a real really. bastard in he's, this. I'd say he's a cunt. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go for that. And, and I was disappointed in his portrayal, which is obviously... It's very one-dimensional. To, yeah, I think the best Mycroft is Stephen Fry in the Lockstock style... Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes. Were naked. Yeah, naked, fat, gay, funny, intelligent. He was just shouty in this, yeah. really shouty. Well, it was Sam Claflin, who is in Peaky Blinders, playing actually a very similar type of character. He had a strong moustache, I'll give him that. Mm. Amazing Yes, moustache. he did. Brilliant moustache. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, but he was maybe true to the period of time there. Yeah. Where yes. Uh, so the- he was a well-to-do, distinguished English gentleman, suddenly left with a 16-year-old girl. Well, I thought it was quite interesting because this, this was sort of things that I hadn't really known about. So even though Eudoria, the mother, was still alive and well, he was the next man of the yeah. house. So mm. the house was his. The care of his daughter was up to him. 
talk about everything, that, don't they? Everything yeah. was left up to him, it, sort of ignoring the fact that the mother was there to well, still yeah. uh, play I mean, that part. That, those that kind of uh, draconian laws were still pretty much in place not too long ago. I think you're still looking at something daft like in the 50, 1950s and 60s where the man was still... Well, look at Jersey. I don't think we can still get our... If you're married, your wife has to get permission to fill in the family tax form. Mm. There's loads of th- weird things. And harking back to those times... Whereas, and in your family, she's the only one who can actually write. Uh, well, <laughs> read. And read, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's just... It, it baffles me. I just say yes. I, I, I spit on a page. I might even wipe my ass on it for the signature bit. Uh, and then I'm done. And then some numbers appear, apparently. I don't know what they are. It looks like hieroglyphics. Pay the bills. Pay the bills. Yeah. We did, like you say, Reese. there was, uh, in effect, a training montage of mm. how Eudora, that's her name, isn't it? I'm yes. Gonna, Eudora was raising Enola. And all the while, there were, she was training her in these sort of problem-solving ways and detective skills without explicitly telling her that this is what he's doing. So as she's riding her bicycle and we're first getting... She's bre- she breaks the fourth wall a lot in this film. Yeah. And she's explaining that Enola is an anagram of alone and her mum used to play all these word games. And the first clue that her mother has left her is to look in the chrysanthemums. Yes. Um, and then from there, she finds a big stack of money which enables her to go on this sort of adventure. Um, she's financially backed and she can find lodgings. She, on a, I suppose the, the first thing that happens to sort of move the plot along is she encounters the, the Viscount Tewkesbury yeah. on the train, yeah. where we have this kind of almost sort of romance start kicking off between them, which never quite... It became because they're both young. Yeah, it came. It was clear after a while. There's an attraction there, but there's never a a full-on sort of relationship sort of thing. Yeah, they don't shag. Is basically what you're saying. Yeah, I think he might have fingered her on the platform. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're they're around that age, aren't they? They're around sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, fingering age. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my first problem with this with this show. What our podcast? Yeah, our podcast is full of ourselves. Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things fit. is brilliant. Yeah, fit as well in the first But season. she has got what I call the Christian Bale syndrome, where her accent is fucked. It's not English. It's not American. You're a child actor that's lived outside of the UK with UK parents. You've got this weird mid-Atlantic twang. So when she puts on her accent, it's super, oh, it's super English. And then occasionally it kind That's of falls away and goes into this kind of. She is English, isn't she? Yeah. Well, no, she. But she's lived. She was. I. 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 Yeah, transplanted to LA. No, she didn't. She lived in. She's born and raised in Marbella. Marbella, oh, right. to English parents, but has spent a lot of her life in Southern Europe, uh, international schools, and then the US. So she's got a fucked accent. So in this, that, you thought you weren't impressed with the accent. You no, know, it fucks me off. Because I, I really, because I didn't have a problem with it at all, and I thought she was the best thing in this by fucking mile. But that's because you got a rager on every time you well, saw her. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a fan of hers. I, I think she's a fantastic actress, and I thought she was very good in this. No, I thought she was very good, and I, I but it was just the accent that I think it's, it just. Oh, listen, go listen to a Christian Bale interview and tell me where the fuck he's from, because the Kane Welsh, isn't he? Well. Well, I'd do anything to disguise a fucking Welsh accent if that's where I was from. <laughs> <laughs> you can't blame him for that. Gwyneth Bale, see? And 
The the other thing I have with this thing is the fourth wall thing got broken too many times. I it didn't work for me yeah. either. The breaking of the fourth wall. I I, lo- I, I, I like the idea of it, and occasionally it's like an obviously the aside to the audience. It works, but it seemed like. And now this is happening, and I'm going to look at you and tell you well, now this is happening too. That may be because of who this is probably more aimed at, which is a younger audience, I mm. think. Well, that's my other quote. The, the fact is, what age group is this aimed at? Because the scene at the end with the strangulation. Oh, well, yeah, and let's get like on that. to that as we go through it. But yeah, yeah. The, no, yeah. But, but, but so okay, well, we'll go. I, I would say this is probably mid-teens. I'd say yeah, young teens. But I I've watched it twice. I watched it first with your my... pants off. Yeah, <laughs> I I watched it with my daughter, and she really liked it. And she wasn't sort of did she? Yeah, she wasn't put off by the violence. So when there's a scene where the the fella that's chasing them around, I can't remember his name, but he gets hold of her and he tries to drown her, tries to torture yeah, he, her for information, and he drowns her in a barrel, and. Um, Man, I was just saying, well, she's she's not dead there, really, is she? And I was like, no, there's still like loads of time left. I think she's fine. And she's obviously like hoodwinked him. And then later she even on, gives a little wink, doesn't she? Yeah, and she the... keeps she keeps trying this one particular jujitsu maneuver, the, the corkscrew, is it? Corkscrew, yeah. yeah. And you know that that's going to pay off at yes, some point. Yes. But there is a you know the finale does does have this quite violent gruesome battle with with the guy where she does end up killing him. You know, and, it's and, really incongruous the violence at the end. Yeah. That that bit where his head lands and he dies, he's yeah. a bit like woof. I did like the bit with the where she's in having her head pushed in the water because she, you like that. She well only because she plays dead, yeah. which is something I'm always screaming at the telly whenever somebody's like attempting to drown. It's like why don't you just pretend that you've been drowned and then when he lets go, get up and smack it. Yeah, okay. and you never see it in movies, and they did it in this one, so I was quite pleased with that. But yeah, the violence at the end almost felt like it came out of a completely different movie. Baku. So yes, it was a nice segue into Baku. <laughs> so, so kind of how Enola goes running off and the hustle and bustle of Edwardian London. There's lots of enemies around and they're closing in on on her. It goes forward into the plot where the guy who's the Lord is he a Lord or is he a Tewkesbury? Tewkesbury. He's a Viscount Tewkesbury, Marquis of Bezelweather. He he's also wanted, and well, his father's been killed. Yeah, he was going to vote on the reform the suffragette women. It's not. It's, it's not. It's a vote for it's the representation all men. representation of the People Act. Yes, of eighteen eighty four. So, so what did that encompass? So that nothing did, to do with suffrage. Well, no. suffrage of men. So still, after this act was voted through, no women could vote, and there was still forty percent of men could not vote after this one. So it was still down the line that. Women were able to vote. But it was it was a step I say, towards more votes. <laughs> I say more power to them. Democracy doesn't work anyway, so that, that this whole thing's irrelevant. It works. It's fake, though. It's all fake. She un- she uncovers some secrets about her mother. Yes. So she goes to this tea room. She finds out her mother's been visiting this tea room. With and Bruce there's, Lee's running. There's some yeah. banging sounds coming from upstairs. It's um, you watching twice again. <laughs> <laughs> And it, no, it turns out there's a sort of martial arts uh, training program for... Is that the excuse you gave? I'm doing judo to myself upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> they, are in a, they are training for some... There's some sort of plan. She's uncovered a couple of times. She's gone to walk into a room in the, in the house when she's having these uh, flashbacks. 
to this group of there's a group of ladies in there there's some sort of plan afoot yes, and yeah. she's never allowed into the room for obvious reasons it's the Illuminati effectively yeah and we see that there's some sort of training some martial art training going on and then later on she tracks her down to this um, safe house where there's a whole load of explosives and so there's something a little bit sinister going on yeah so it was at this point where I was thinking this is a bit strange because now she's sort of involved in a kind of mum's like a terrorist a terrorist yeah, yeah it's a Guy Fawkes thing it's like a vendetta yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah which was an interesting direction for it to take it was because you never again hear lots about Sherlock Holmes's family and for his part I think Cavill Sherlock is really quite good I think that it's a a different take on it. That well, he's, yes, he's definitely. quite re- restrained. He doesn't have the big hats, you know, the deerstalker hats or the aha moments and mm. things like that. He lets Anola, and it, it's her film, obviously, and it, it's her mission, but the scenes and the the writers have let that be the. They've they've made the him. Major a, they've made plot. him a more sympathetic character to Anola as the film progresses because they're both. Him and Mycroft are very distant to her because well, yeah. they've spent no time in her life. They don't recognise her when they yeah. first meet her. Yeah. And uh, so that he basically becomes more of a ward to her mm. and he kind of leaves a few... Does he leave a few blocks of the equivalent of breadcrumbs to get her thinking? And, only when she needs it. Yes. Right. It's not Just invasive. a little shove in the right direction. Yes. It's not invasive. Tickle. It's not patronising. It's not taking over the show, which it could have quite easily done, which but I this, thought it might have. But the the Conan Doyle estate are currently suing Netflix for yes. this de- current for this depiction of Holmes. Mm. Right. Because yeah, well, he's not supposed to have any it, emotional... It, it, exactly, which is really interesting yeah. for me because any other Sherlock Holmes has absolutely no time well, for yeah. people. That's yeah. He just doesn't have that in his locker. Yeah. So, but if he's going to have it for anyone, it would be his kid sister. But that's interesting, though, because in the Guy Ritchie films, which I really enjoyed, I know they're trash. I, I do as well, yeah. He has clearly got an affection for Watson. It's a bromance, and he looks after him, and then he realises that Watson's going to be happy with his wife, and so he looks after her as well. So to say that the, the estate are suing for the fact that Holmes is showing affection seems a bit like bit well, it, considering what's they've what's always gone on let before. away with Watson get away with a little bit more in kind of the relationship yeah. with yeah. the writers and things. I think maybe writing in a whole new character of Enola Holmes and then changing Sherlock's personality because of it. They're saying that the original be too far, but I it really interested me this side of Sherlock, and I thought Cavill played it really well. I thought it was. Straight away, I was thinking I could see him do more of these. This was kind he co-star of... or supporting actor? <laughs> Sidekick. Sidekick, yeah. The missus and I were both very nonplussed with him in this, I have to say. Really? We found him Confused and upset. Very robotic in just his mannerisms, the way he... And it just seemed a little bit dialed in. Do you think he's under contract? Is it one of his I, contract roles in between The Witcher? I'm, I'm a bit what? of a Cabal fan. I do like him in, in a lot of things. I like The just, Witcher. I, I, do I, like I the think Witcher. they just, just don't, what, they don't take the attention this. onto him. I think that he's uh, the role of Big Brother rather than Superstar Detective. It's difficult, and, isn't it? Because when you've got the character of Sherlock Holmes, yeah. it's this, it comes with so much loaded, yeah. you know, so much baggage to it. And it... it it's got to be written and played in such a way as it doesn't overshadow it, because this is not his story. Yeah, He's a right. background character in well, this they, story. They do keep making the point that 
although he probably does lend a hand maybe a touch, she is ahead of him. Yeah. And Lestrade at the very end, he says, I've got two questions for you. I can't remember what the first question was now, but he says, and the second question is, and how come your sister, you know, beat you to it? Just solving it. Which he's really pleased yeah, about as he strides like down the hall after. Is he like, yeah, he's probably thinking, I could have ah, fucking done that quicker. Yeah. Do you know I mean? Pop the old block. He's probably too busy in the gym because Cavill is fucking enormous in it. I mean, I think back of the the last ones of Jeremy Brett where he was actually quite ill and right. he was, you know, the complete opposite to yeah. how you would see Sherlock Holmes. I'm not sure if it was Cavill. the best piece of casting in the world for, for Sherlock, to be honest. Yeah, that I like him. I thought he was. Uh, he had. He had. He's got that presence, hasn't he? Of mm. you know, particularly <laughs> in these period pieces where his hair and his stature and everything, his chiselled looks, just look the part. And I thought it. I honestly it. think it's a really difficult part to play, anyway. And mm. Holmes as a character has always seemed like such a fucking humourless prick to me, anyway. That. Maybe he was playing it quite dry, so as to just to, you know take away. I don't know. He didn't bother me. There were there were other things that bothered me about this. But I watched this the afterwards. I watched the Will Ferrell one that got absolutely uh, panned at the box not office. Seen it. I'll never and I that. laughed my head off. Really, it's rubbish, but it made me laugh my head off with Sherlock Holmes. It's a complete piss take of the Guy Ritchie thing. So every time he measures a punch up, trajectory of the fist, yeah. coordination of the wall. Spike of light, and he basically gets to punch him. The guy just steps to one side, <laughs> watching some shit like that. So yeah, quite a contrast to the yeah. Enola Holmes. I think that they've missed a trick with this. I think that this should have been specifically for teenagers, and should have been a series of say forty-five, thirty minutes well, shorts. I, I would say it was certificate twelve here, PG thirteen, stateside. Mm. So payment right. for kids. And I did read that the director was, they were talking about maybe four or five sequels to this. He was, he's intending to make it into a, but not obviously 45 minute, but, but, but of movies, you know. She's got a producer credit. Yeah. On it. So that was interesting. Did you see it was legendary? Yes. Pitch. So when she was making Godzilla, King of the Monsters, yeah. her and her sister are big fans of the books. So they were petitioning to have it made, were looking for backing and got legendary on board to make it. So she got a producer's credit. So she earned. Six million dollars for playing Enola, but also half a million as a producer oh. role. So, way to go! Good bit of business. Not on the bad. Not You've bad got. At all. It's it's worth saying there is a really good cast. I mean, yeah. mm. anything with uh, Helena Bonham Carter is going to have some gravitas to it, and the other people that just kind of came in. Well, and- it's got Fiona Shaw. As yeah. a headmistress. Oh, she's awful, isn't she? What, she's, as in, like, yeah. she's dreadful. Yeah, she's she's, dreadful. Girl, she's girls, like straight out of a Dickens novel. Yeah. Girls finish but I college. really like her. She's amazing in Killing Eve. She's got that clipped British accent. I haven't seen Killing Eve. But just that you get that very short sequence of them actually in the finishing school. Yeah. And we laugh like this. <laughs> and, you yeah. Went, and, yeah. they, and they do the book on the head. Yeah. The well, I think that's walk. the interesting... And I think this was the thing... And the grandma. Who was she? She's um, been in a load of different Oh, things. she was the... Spoiler alert, she was the villain. She was the villain. Of yeah. the she's in Rising Which, Damp and she's Rising Harry. Rising Damp, uh, and yeah, she's, And course. she's the giant French teacher Brilliant. in Harry, Harry Potter. Yeah, I like her in Rising Damp. I think one of the things that I really liked was the film's sort of true central conflict, which is totally embodied by that finishing school and Mycroft sending, sending her there. He sends her off there ostensibly to get a husband, I think. 
She uh, says, she says, you'll she thank says, me. I when don't you've... want a husband. And Mycroft says, and that's another thing we'll have educated out of you. And that basically, this is the almost unsaid for quite a while in it is the about the fight for female liberation in a patriarchal society. And then the suffragette movement does become quite centre stage as we reach the climax of the plot. And it does get revealed that that's the movement that Eudoria has been involved in. And also the the fact that she's like constantly fighting to find her female voice in this very male society, in this male world that she's been pushed in. And, and, you know, when you're the father to young girls, seeing a message like that, and then the really touching moment at the end when they're reunited, the mother and daughter, it was just... Those themes, I think, are really interesting. Maybe they don't necessarily speak to us as as men, but I, it was nice to see that sort of thing represented on screen. And when my kids are a bit older, because I don't think it is appropriate for them right now, but I would love them to watch something like that and see some of these different arguments being offered. Yeah, I think if your kids are under sort of 10, 11, it's probably a year or two off before they get round to enjoying this so much. But who knows? Different kids take it on differently. And as you say, other than a couple of scenes, there's probably not yeah, anything... Yeah, there's probably two particularly violent moments that would... Might want to turn them away. You would yeah. just need to be aware of. But my daughter, who's seven, watched it and didn't really bat on it, to be honest. No. Did anyone hope that Tewksbury was wearing a corset at the end when he got shot? I no. thought they were oh, going to play. Oh, that. right. Okay, because she wore. She was it. wearing a corset. No, yeah, he did the old fistful of dollars. He just the old fistful of dollars. Yeah, yeah but I wish. I think that was a missed opportunity to. Well, he was right money. next to the old suit. suit, of arms, suit of arms, so the, the the full spoiler then was that he was going to follow in his father's wishes of voting for the act, and his grandmother was a traditionalist for some reason, and didn't want there to be this change and his his uncle was also likely not to vote yeah. the same way as his father and yes. he was going to vote which mm. painted him as the villain for for most of the part of it but actually we go to find yeah. out that there's a, a great and then twist. incredibly when they go to the vote it's passed by one, one. vote yes which was nice seems unlikely doesn't it yes yeah and not how it played out in real life either no it was just an agreement yeah Still, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. So, can we just talk a little bit about how the script basically said that Enola Holmes's mother was willing to commit mass murder? Yeah, like exactly. possibly including her own son, Mycroft. Is that a flaw well, in me that I thought that no, was in there? Was that I, in the script? I I think again, it's it's an interesting take on the Holmes family. I think that. Sherlock is such a complex character. Mycroft, we know, works for the British Secret Service and is actually not as intelligent. And you well, know. but I was going to say in the in the Holmes books, though, don't they always say that Mycroft is the more intelligent? He's lazy, brother? though. He's yeah, supposed he's to be- supposed to be the super super savant, but he's just can't he's not be as driven to apply it. Because Holmes is like the Howie of the Holmes family, isn't he? And- <laughs> he's Mycroft's not as driven and a bit resentful that. Sherlock's more well-known and um, better. They, they've certainly got diff- different outlooks, which 
charged their interests yeah. and, and, and things. The fact that he's got a sister and a mother who is as extreme as Helena Bonham Carter plays her, effectively a Guy Fawkes type figure who's going to go women's suffrage for, for women's didn't really surprise me that much because I, I think that that's got it suited the the character to yeah, me you know the, yeah. the whole family that they would go to just that, that the plot was that was they were going to blow shit up was the yes, plan ever explicitly crazy. stated of what they were going to blow up I don't know it wasn't I don't think it, it was. was strongly hinted at though and she would just well, you saw the explosives but I just didn't know what it was they were going to like just a monument or a building full of people do you know what I mean I, I didn't know yeah, I, I, I assume she wasn't going to. Well, like I thought say. the implication was that she was going to blow up the House of Lords to stop the vote. That's what I thought. Again, though, that they didn't explicitly say because that would fuck up the age rating. Because they couldn't yeah, have something perhaps. that's designated for a twelve if they're about to. If they clearly state they're going to detonate a bomb to kill hundreds of government. Well, then people. why not just say well, we're going to blow up, you know, fucking Big Ben or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean it. it you knew that she was up to something. Yeah. And we were kind of looking to find out the same as Enola was. The fact that we never really found out because it didn't go that far, maybe is one for the spin-offs, maybe is is something that they will look again later. But you know now that mum has very much this independent streak in her that she puts through her son's and her daughter as yeah. well. And they've all really got to handle life themselves to this mm. point. They will be there if the shit ever really hits the fan. But otherwise, you've got to kind of handle things that, on your that's own. That's how it's left after they they meet in her lodging. They have a, a chat and she just says, I've, you know, I've got to leave again. I can't live in the world where you know i can't live with myself and i can't live in this world if we don't do something about it blah, blah, blah. our future is up to us yeah she says. And, but she's set her up she's she knows now that she can exist on a live on her own two feet she's set up with money and all that side of things and she does say you know if you ever need me you know you know i'll be around just but, shine like a bat put one of your adverts in the in the paper in the paper yeah but she she basically does just fuck off again mm. and leave at age 16 in the mean streets of london yeah it's pretty cold I didn't know that was an option, but I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Considering. All in all, for me, I thought this was a really fun film. I just thought it was, no, it's not going to change the world, but it wasn't designed to. It was just simply, it probably wasn't designed to bring down Netflix either when Sir <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle's family decides to... I to rip them a new that. one. I no, I don't think so. But yeah, maybe the, it depends how long. Yeah. Shall I ask it then? Yeah. Riggs, were you not entertained? It was a little bit too long for me. And I felt like there was sort of two movies going on at the same time. And it would have been better to concentrate just on one of them, which was the story of the missing mother and the suffrage movement was infinitely more interesting to me than Tewkesbury yeah. and hijinks around that stuff. The scenes with Millie Bobby Brown and Helena Bonham Carter are absolute dynamite. And the whole story about female liberation is, is really interesting. I'm going to say, yes, I was entertained, but I can't lie and say I watched it in about four parts and looked, looked at my watch quite a lot. Howie? I liked and enjoyed some of it, but I think it was... I, I'll, I'll revert back to what I said before, whereas I think that this is... Yes, it's for TV. It's not a film. 
I think this is a, a four or five parter that could have just taken its time a little bit and perhaps stretched out a few more of the stories. I, I think I, I enjoyed the, the acting. I enjoyed the idea and the concept of it and the targeted appeal of a female lead in an intellectual role. I just think, I don't think I could show my daughter it without too many questions about what happened with the drowning scene. I, th- I think she'd have said, why is, why is a man doing that to her? Why is he hurting a young girl? Mm. And that's where I think I'd have had a problem having to explain stuff. So we, we watched it, my wife and I watched it, but we didn't let the kids. And I would have liked my kids to have watched it, all apart from that one scene. Cool. Dan? Well, I... First of all, I wrote down after about 45 minutes here, really good. And maybe the film didn't hold that promise for the entire running time, but it's probably my favourite thing I've seen Henry Cavill in. And I, as I say, I thought he brought another side, side to Holmes, which, which really interested me. I thought that Millie Bobby Brown was fantastic and I think she's just going to be brilliant. I would love to see her do more of these and I think whatever she's mm. going to be in is going to be really strong. She she was a really interesting actress and, and character in this. I think there's going to be more and I will watch them and I, I think, yeah, this was this was one for me. I entertained. Cool. For me, yeah, I think the movie was slightly confused about who it was for and possibly also what it was trying to say it was over two hours long which yeah. i thought was far too long mm. if you're asking like a young teenage uh, demographic to be into it should have been half an hour less but joking aside i'm really big fan of millie Bobby brown i think she's a fantastic actress slight different from you dan i didn't really like henry cavill in this but overall i did enjoy it i just think if they're going to do another one they could slightly tweak the formula a little bit to improve it her next film is Godzilla versus King Kong. Okay, yeah. Which this was actually wait. a nice thing. thing. This was a Warner Bros. It was a. It was supposed to be a cinematic release, but because of the pandemic, Netflix yeah. picked it up. Oh, okay. oh that's yeah. interesting. We're going to talk about our in inverted commas children's entertainment of the week. Well, no, but Dan's son actually watches it, so yeah, yeah. totally qualified. Okay. It's a sixteen. It's a sixteen. No, it says and- eighteen. Does no, it? No, 16. 16 plus. On Netflix? Yeah. On IMDb, it says 18. Oh. Okay, maybe they've cut a couple of scenes. But is it, either is way. It, fits where it they is rip, they rip someone's anus out by their fucking, fucking intestines. I don't, yeah. Super I, don't, I don't know what scenes they would have ripped out to yeah. make this, uh, <laughs> considering the ones they left in. But it is 16 on Netflix. Okay, so Dan, you nominated, it's called Backy the Grappler. Yeah, it's basically a anime where Baki is a school kid about 16 17 and he's well, the he, strongest he, yeah, he's got the body of a wrestler though yeah he's he's, he's a, tank. a hot wrestler really and hard to follow i thought at the start what the fuck was going on yeah well yeah he got it, called into headmaster's office to get fingered or something didn't he like, it, it, was, it was, i, like I don't think it was quite like, like that you might be getting little flashbacks <laughs> yeah. in your own education but basically there has been a load of escapes from high security prisons and oh. things and a lot of the world's toughest people and baddest men are descending down into Tokyo. Synchronicity. Because they've heard that Baku is the kick-ass champion of the world and they all want to... Well, he's specifically the that he can beat them. Yeah. 
They because they, defeat. they have never been beaten. That's right. And they're tired of and the gift that, no challenge. The gift that um, they're looking to, to receive is defeat. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a strange concept. So it's about 20, was it 20 minutes, 25 24 minutes? 24 minutes of extreme ultraviolence. Yes. How many episodes are there in seasons? There's I'm up 30, to episode there's nine. There's 39 episodes. I've, if you can I've tolerate that this. much. I, you binged it. I, I went straight into about six or seven episodes. You're, you're flying on this, then, are you? And yes, yeah, so I will never watch nine. another one of these. <laughs> did, it, did it go into fights like, like Kubla, Cobra Khan with all the fucking people? Yeah, to be, to be honest, for about six um, episodes, and we're talking about the first one, yeah, but I mean, ups. I can extend it out a little bit. I really enjoyed this up to about episode six when there was all these different characters coming in and. The violence is extreme, but it's cartoon violence. But it's um, it's someone getting their face punched so yeah. hard they rip something out of their, their throat teeth that, are coming yeah. off, and, yeah. and their, their retainer yeah. he uses to rip out, doesn't he? And then they, you know, he even shoots through his cheeks at one point. Did you, is that yes. the episode? Yeah, that, I watched um, that one. Yeah, he fires. So he takes the gun off some guy who's trying to hold him up and laughs, and then shoots himself in the mouth repeatedly through the cheeks. So. Obviously, it's just skin. Is so it? I did watch the second episode, and I have to be careful because these guys might not have seen that part. I don't think they're going to watch. No, it. Not watch look it. Look no, face. because because I was just watching horrified look, and, and I was I was like Dan figuring out. Okay, there's going to do some character. I'll just see what a couple of them are. One of them, he's this five foot tall Japanese guy in a glass box, and he breaks through the glass box, and he blows, doesn't he, in yeah. someone's ear, and he explodes their brain by doing a high pressure. Like that was in the one breath. we watched. That was it? in the one we watched. Is that the one you watched? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, because yes, so there's five death row inmates from all over the world. Yeah. Scotland. Did yeah, what's that one? Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> there's death row in Scotland. So first up, we've got Dorian, who is sentenced to death by hanging. Uh, oh, the God, coroner yeah. has to see them hanging for ten minutes before he confirms that they're dead. But when those ten minutes are up, Dorian breaks the ropes and murders everyone in the room quite brutally. Because basically these people are superhuman, aren't yeah. they? They're, there's something... Um, they're, they're much, much taller than your average man. And the yeah. fact they can't be killed by One gets know, an occasional bullet or, or by hanging, do it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to bother them, whichever situation they are. In fact, one of the guy he actually rests up in prison as a base because he knows he can escape at any time yeah. just by walking through the wall and, and crashing <laughs> it all in and out. And he's even getting takeaways and things <laughs> just to rub it in to, to the police who are so mad that he's doing this but can't stop him. Yeah, so we've got these. We've got Doyle, who is the aforementioned Scottish... Aye, Scottish. ...prisoner. He is in the electric chair... And then basically just breaks out of the chain. Well, so they, the they they charge him in the chair yeah. and they strap him down and, and give him the shocks. They could power um, him up. And basically, it doesn't really slow him down because they he he does his eyes start weeping and everything. Bloods, yeah, don't they? Yeah. Blood running from his eyes and everything. And he does say, "If you'd have given me ten more seconds, ten more seconds, I yeah. would have had my dream of being defeated." And and but they didn't. He breaks through the straps and then. Did he just he murders, do, he murders everyone. everyone. Yeah. That's that's a steady theme. You've got Sikorsky. <laughs> he escaped the cri- the prison after climbing a hundred meters straight up from an old missile base. We don't get anything else for his background, so I figure there's more coming. Uh, there's Speck, who's quite the brute. He's held in an underwater prison, oh, yeah, yes. somewhere off the shore yeah. of the US. He's the one that the professor comes to interview him when he approaches the cell. He's not there. 
He then appears out of the ceiling, murders the professor using the <laughs> professor's golden tooth uh, and there, as a lockpick yeah. to escape. And then we, he swims 200 meters 200 to shore. meters straight up. And then the last one is Yanagi, who is the guy who's got some sort of power that he can create a vacuum with his hand or yeah. something. This was super, super gory. This, yeah, yeah, it was very one note, just violence, violence, violence. Obviously, it's originally a manga, comic, graphic novel series, and that's, I guess, what they're known for. This is massive is, in Japan. Yeah, well, but this this is actually a sort of reboot of Baki, isn't it? Yeah, because we're we're coming in halfway for... through the story here because even in the later episodes, you understand that to get to where he is now. Baku's already gone through... Yeah, to fight his dad, didn't he? Yeah, he's already gone through a, quite a challenge and mm. everything to, to fight. So there's they've started it in Netflix here, but looking at the, the backstory, there was a hell of a lot gone on before that. And it is kind of confusing because there are so many characters. Because um, Baki's power is bizarre as well, isn't it? It's just mind power. He's yeah, so well, laid he, back, isn't he? He can radiate radiate his strength as intimidation. Yeah. Because that's how it starts, doesn't it? Everybody's yes. like quaking in the classroom and he's asleep and you suddenly realise, oh, it's coming from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. He's just, he he's turns just, your fears on you. He just sets off this vibe of fear. And one example, when he's walking like me in the toilet. down like the, yeah. In the car. <laughs> when, he, when he's walking down parks. like the through town or down some alley and he comes across three rough kids and he's walking with a girl and basically they just carrying by the end of it even though they've got the numerical advantage they've got weapons and things he doesn't lift a finger and mm. just says we okay boys and they're like yeah yeah okay and he just carries on yeah it's, it's strange how that is transferred into people but there's a, a few weird weird kind of secret powers within this I, I looked on IMDb. Mm. What did they rate it? Like uh, out of 10? Uh, sevens. Yeah, sevens, okay. so it's, it's that's solid. pretty solid for IMDb. There's a section called Parental Guidance. So had a look on there and there's some interesting, not just violent content, but there's some other stuff. So some of this you would have seen. Episode 2, zooms in on a guy unzipping his pants. That's at 17 minutes. Episode 3, dude... <laughs> References another dude licking his ass, also at 17 minutes in episode. Episode 14, girl, age 17. It's a weird correlation with the number 17. Kidnapped, then tied up on the floor just in her underwear. Then in episode 17, main character's girlfriend strips to her underwear and gets into his bed. The boy looks up and sees his father looking at him. The dad orders the 17-year-old girl to blossom into the woman she was meant to be to take it until she can't take it no more. Yeah, wow. that's okay. pretty. Um... Uh, what episode was that? <laughs> <laughs> seventeen. Yeah. So in vo- avoid I'm... the seventeenth minute and seventeenth episode of this of is the... not uncommon in anime, yeah. though, yeah. is it? I well, mean, this sort of hyper stylized like, tentacle and, porn and all that. Sort yeah, rotsuki dodgy yeah. and all that. I probably would have loved this. At We've all got age. like seven, eight-year-old girls who. Watch this is totally tonight. inappropriate for, we have to say right yeah. right now. This is for your, your teenage boys, of which I have one at 14 going on 40. And he 
he really enjoyed this. You Do know all his I mean? mates at school watch it? Is yeah, it? so it's yeah, one of those his mates at school, school now, I guess. Because, well, well, my confusion came when I was texting going, what is this called again? Because there is Baki, Baki Danga or something, which right. is similar on Netflix, which is a sort of a cartoon, Japanese-style stuff. And that's what I was about to watch, and I thought that was it, because I saw this right. and thought, no way is this for kids. Back, this is it, like- back in Blackie, Backy to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is hyper hyper violence mm. of Street Fighter. Yes. yes. I was yeah, getting a, a definite Street Fighter vibe. Yes. Yeah, like is. the character selection screen. Yes. When you're playing yeah. the game, that's what this reminded me of. And it's effectively a cartoon based on, would it be, is it Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah. Mm. Where yeah. all the characters assemble yeah. from around the world. It's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon where all characters assemble from around the world. So it's a familiar, familiar sit. Uh, just way more violent than all of those. <laughs> One of the most violent cartoons, but I'm a big fan of Akira and Ghost in the Shell. And the violence is in those, but it's this just seemed to be... It's this is a notch constant. above that. Yeah, this is no. constant violence. But, and that does appeal to a segment of the demographic in Japan that is got real problems with dealing with women young well, men and mm. japanese women they it, it, it's it's a super serious social issue there's real imagination in the violence here i mean you're yeah, talking about my- well i'd say it's not imagination it's just sheer psychopath whoever's drawing this is incredibly talented <laughs> it's but crazy it's, drawings, it's like isn't it? every single bit of violence it's like watching an episode oh, of hannibal actually you can get a lot more violent than this yeah, in anime i, I this is absolutely on the limit, really, for me, for what I would want to watch. But when I was younger, I have seen some anime. I'm trying to think. I mean, even those Hirotsuki dodgy ones that we're talking I about. I mean, it is violent, but, you know, it's... It's, it's cartoonish ob- violence. It's cartoon. It's all yeah. anime, you know. So, I mean, it's... Which obviously plays between real and cartoon. That's where they, they like to try and find that that zone. But, I, you know, it's a fighting... It's been cartoon. a hit. It's been a yeah. It's a, hit. It's a fighting it. cartoon. There's going to be violence. That's what people are watching it for to watch. Me and a lot of the animation actually, it just kind of freezes, doesn't it? It's one picture and yeah, it's almost like you your hit. Batman, you know, where you yeah. get the sock and then. But this is just super, super violent version of that. Yeah, in a way. So it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really flow the animation like it would do in a. You know, it, it is almost that picture comic book. Violence yeah. and it goes through it, but part of me is interested to see how it plays out. You know what, where they're going to take it, but I just can't really be bothered to sit through that no. much relentless violence. Well, this is the opposite of what I just said about Enola Holmes. This would have probably worked in a little, in a film rather than thirty eight episodes, whatever it is. So if this was just a short film about a group of fighters that were driven to taste defeat, and it was uh, and it had a finality to it, then I'd probably have stuck it out and watched it and gone, yeah, okay. But I'm, I can't get. I won't give my time to watching all of those episodes. No. As much as I like anime, I don't think I could. I don't know how. I'd be. Inter- I think I'm like you, Sonny. I think I'd like to probably sort of hear, read, read a short bit and go, "Oh, so that's how it progresses." I'll probably yeah. watch it. In that case, then Riggs, were you not entertained? I think I would have really liked this when I was the right sort of age yeah. to watch it. As I've got older, I find that level of violence and the sexual stigma a bit distasteful now. But I think it's really well made. I, Like I said, I would have really liked it at the time. Was I entertained now? A bit. Howie? A bit. Again, similar sentiments. Like the animation, like the stylized of it all. I just think I've seen that so much now. 
and it's like another rehash. And I think actually, it's what- very nihilistic. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I just like. Don't know. The world's already really fucked up. You don't need yeah. to watch something else. I, I, like, I yeah, never watched yeah. lots of these things, to be honest. So yeah. this is kind of an better. introduction to me yeah. to this kind of style of thing. And from the first episode, I was definitely entertained. And I went on to watch another sort of six or seven. By the time I've got to the end of those, it's still running on. The, stu- the story's going, but I've kind of lost interest. And it started yeah. to become a little more confused. But... Again, you know, this was new to me. I hadn't really, I'd only mm. been put onto it because it was something I, I was seeing my boy watching. I was thinking, well, what's that? I better watch it myself. So I, I throw it into here for his all to watch as well. So I was entertained. Okay. Yeah. For me, if, yeah, if you're a teenage lad, you're going to fucking love this. Mm. For me, it's just a bit one note, constant violence throughout. And in the end, it's just, I found it quite boring because. I would have just liked a bit more ebb and flow, you know, a bit peaks and troughs, but it's just violence, violence, violence. And you're just like, well, so what? Another guy's had his face like completely obliterated. Well, certainly as it goes on. The next guy. It is more of the same. Go yeah. watch Ghost in the Shell. Right. Cartoon. Okay. Watch check that, that out. Because that's... I think you get shot for calling animes cartoons, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I didn't it. mind it. Yeah, yeah I okay. didn't mind it. It's more inventive than a lot of hot, like thrillers that you've seen. Some cool, cool effects. That you've specifically seen. As okay. Well. Yeah. Sound. But make sure you get to episode 17, it sounds like. This week, I think, fair to say, a bit of a mixed bag, nomination-wise, but but still good fun. You know, it's seeing stuff that we might otherwise not see. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, we're still still a a lot of laughs. Howie, you got some nominations for us? Yeah, we're going to go a bit mainstream for the uh, film choice. We're going for Guy Ritchie's Offering. Of the gentleman, which is currently on Amazon Prime, uh, we're, for the kids' choice, we're going to go for they've a, there's a cartoon spin-off of Fast and Furious. It's Fast and Furious Spy Racers, what's well, series one, episode one. Okay, so cool. we'll get a grounding on that. And my top five is top five film continuity fuck ups. Nice, that should be good. I like that. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks everyone for. Uh, coming on tonight and recording thanks to everyone at home for listening if you could subscribe leave us a review that would be super all that remains is to say Sidey signing out Reeks out Dan's gone Howie goodbye <laughs>